Welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the Mind Vine Podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey. I want to welcome everybody to the, the Mindvine podcast here to celebrate Bell Let's Talk Day. It's a, it's a wonderful day. Um, my name is Chris Bovie. I, I am a co-host. My partner, Daryl Mathers, I kind of gave the boot because we had three spots today, so I apologize to him, but he'll be joining us today as well. I can't think of two better guests to join us for Bell Let's Talk Day. We have Deputy Premier and Minister of Health, the Honorable Christine Elliott. Thank you very much for being here. Pleasure. And the Chair of Bell Let's Talk, Mary Deacon. Pleasure. So what a... What a Two perfect guests to start this day. So I wanted to start, Mary, if I could start with you a little bit. Um, you know, 10 years, uh, lots of things have happened. The Order of Canada, um, you know, just amazing things. And I know you have a personal history, a connection to mental health. I wonder if you reflect back on, on the 10 years, um, what, what are the highlights or what are the moments, the things that you're most proud of when you look at the campaign? I think I'm most proud of the way Canada and Canadians have really shown their support and really engaged and taken, frankly, a leadership role in the world in creating and leading the, the, the globe's largest conversation about mental health. Um, and it's having such a huge impact. It's remarkable, I think, the, the increase in awareness and acceptance right. Uh, over the last nine years, which is really at the heart of eradicating stigma. And for our 10th anniversary, which is frankly mind-boggling to me, um, to really put a greater focus on the kind of actions Mm. that we can all take, whether it's individuals or institutions, to create positive change and 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 help create a Canada where everyone can get the mental health support they need. That's excellent, excellent. And, and if we go back 10 years, Minister Elliott, you were very busy on your own yes. with a, a little thing called the Select Committee on Mental Health and Addictions. And, and um, if, if you could reflect back on that time and, and what yes. you heard and, and how that information and that work that you did um, reflected into your role today. Well, I think it was really important in the work that I'm doing today, and I'm very proud that our government has made a commitment of uh, injecting $3.8 billion over 10 years into mental health and addiction services. One of the key components uh, almost 10 years ago, the recommendations that were made by all parties that were on the select committee was to create a mental health and addictions center of excellence to form the foundation for a coordinated and uh, comprehensive policy strategy in Ontario. And uh, 10 years almost have gone by but we're finally moving on that and uh, I think that the work that Mary and Bell Let's Talk has done has has made a huge difference in reducing stigma in allowing people to be able to speak more comfortably about um, their their mental uh, wellness and the challenges that they may be facing that is all very positive but now it's time for a government to do its part as well and we need to work together and I'm happy to say that we are yeah and it's rare to have non-partisanship put aside. And that time, uh, everybody agreed mental health was an important uh, focus. 
Yes, yes, it continues to be a major priority. And when we brought forward the Mental Health and Addiction Center of Excellence just before the holidays, it was unanimously agreed to by all parties in the legislature. So it's a very promising start. Still a lot of work to do. And during that work, uh, a lot of hearing firsthand stories of people trying to access the system and the challenges. And I wonder if, Mary, again, you have a personal connection yourself and and family, if if you mind sharing that. And was that the catalyst for you to to become the chair or get involved with with the campaign? So my my story goes back many, many, many years to 1991 when my uh, brother, David, who was a medical student at the University of Toronto, uh, who suffered from from depression um, was afraid uh, to talk about it to seek help for fear that it would impact his career. Uh, he did seek help, but uh, ultimately he did die by suicide. Um, it certainly started me on a journey um, to describe the devastation to my family and my mother and my father it 's impossible but it really put me on a road Mm -hmm. and that was when I went to work at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health Foundation which I ran for 10 years and my point of view was I wasn't a doctor I wasn't a researcher I wasn't a a rich philanthropist but I could make a difference and we can all make a difference so that was sort of where my Mm -hmm. passion stemmed from Uh, In 2003, I lost my other brother, Ted, who had suffered all his life from severe OCD. And back in those days, there were no effective treatments. And he he died in 2003 by suicide as well. It really redoubled my commitment to mental health. Um, And in 2007... um, I had been very fortunate at CAMH to begin to attract leaders, corporate and community leaders, to engage with mental health, which frankly was a sign of the diminishing stigma. Mm-hmm. And one of those was George Cope. Right. And I used to recount to my board my epic failures in trying mm-hmm. to engage a Canadian corporation to, to embrace mental health. Uh, the way CIBC embraced bre- breast cancer. Right. George is a brilliant man, a tall man, yes. but a brilliant man. And uh, when the time was right and he had become CEO of Bell Canada, he asked me to come to Bell to create what we now know of uh, as Bell Let's Talk. And 10 years later, mm-hmm. um, the progress, I think, in terms of the way people are comfortable talking about mental health, more engaged, um, there's more kindness and compassion. Um, it's, it's, it makes me very pleased to see where we've come from and excited about what we can do in the future. Great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, the flip side, obviously, you've done so much to reduce stigma and more people are willing to put up their hands to ask for help. That's where you come in because it puts yes. greater demand on, on the system and infrastructure. Yes. So I know you talked about the center of excellence, but... Uh, how does this government, how do we as a province 
um, move ahead to kind of meet this growing demand for people yes. accessing services? Well, I'm glad that we have a growing demand because it means that more people are seeking help. That's the, uh, the point of all of this really is to get people for uh, the assistance they need on their journey to mental wellness. Uh, but what it does mean is there are, are groups of people who are waiting a long periods of time to um, receive services, particularly children. Uh, the uh, Mental Health uh, and Addiction Center of Excellence is going to found the, form the basis, the foundation for the strategy that we're building. So they will be able to collect the data that has not really been collected in a, in a really comprehensive way for many years. They will also be able to um, recommend best practices and to make sure that there's a core basket of services at every place around the province. So it shouldn't matter whether you live in Kenora, Thunder Bay, Ottawa, Toronto, you will still be able to access those services. Mm -hmm. So we are building that now and we anticipate having a strategy to um, speak with the people of Ontario about within the next month or so. Right, that's great. And, and I know there's, there's been a lot of talk and people want that money spent on the system, but is it is, would you say it's important for us to, to do the, the, the infrastructure first to make sure those investments are going to the right places and the money is having the greatest impact for, for people in the system? Absolutely. I think we do need to have that foundation and we're not looking at a huge uh, financial cost to do that we, because we know that we need the services on the front line. Right. We know that we need the counselors out there, the therapists, the people that work on the front lines that, uh, that actually provide the counseling services. That's where we need to put the money. Right. So what we're looking at is very modest investment. To be able to collect all of that information, which is going to be important for the services we provide now and the services we'll provide in the future. So knowing those best practices is really important. That's great. Um, the campaign now, um, I asked you earlier, you, you had another five years that uh, continues to, to now. So will Bell Let's Talk is the plan for another five years for this campaign to continue? So we launched in 2010 with a yeah. five-year commitment. And then in 2015, we announced an additional five years and another 50 million for 100 million. Right. Uh, we have surpassed that 100 million now. So what I will say is our commitment to mental health remains strong. Right. Um, we work in partnership with the mental health community, with governments, with organizations, everyone who's committed to making a change and making the world better in Canada when it comes to access to services. So stay tuned. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Didn't mean to put you on the spot, but we hope it continues. Um, one thing I want to talk about, Minister, is that mental health, unlike other medical conditions, even if we look at it from a provincial standpoint, it lives in so many ministries. It's, it's justice, yes. it's education, it's housing, it's job creation. Um, What's your philosophy and how do we kind of, if we're going to have a solution, it really is going to require all these things to come together. Yes. I wonder what your thoughts are on that. We are absolutely right. It does require a multi-ministry approach because it isn't just the Ministry of Health that's involved. It's Ministry of Children, Community and Social Services, Attorney General. A number of people end up in uh, conflict uh, with the law because of their mental health challenges. So we need to look across all of those ministries to develop a truly mm -hmm. comprehensive approach. I have been dealing with my uh, colleagues for many months now in understanding 
what they see as their approach to dealing with it. And many, we've received some great ideas that we are going to put into action. But we've also been listening and, and consulting with people across the province, both in terms of service providers, as well as people with lived experience, because nobody knows better than they do right. what they need and what's going to help them. So this has been um, a, a very uh, full in terms of the information that we've received in terms of consultations from from people that, that are experiencing mm -hmm. mental health services as well as my colleagues in different ministries. So when we do uh, speak about our, our, our strategy, you will see that it reaches across a number of ministries. That's excellent. Good to hear. Um, Bell, let's talk. So I'm interested because your, your, your um, tagline this year is uh, every action counts. Um, so it's a little bit of a shift, I guess, from anti-stigma to actual action. So how does, how does Bell come up with the theme every year and, and what direction they want to take the campaign in? What's the process of that? So from the beginning, uh, the Bell Let's Talk mental health initiative writ large was about moving mental health forward in Canada through our four action pillars of mm. anti-stigma, care and access, research and workplace. And Bell Let's Talk Day was truly at the heart of the anti-stigma pillar with, with a goal of building awareness, acceptance, and action. The first nine years of the campaign have really been focused mm -hmm. on the first two, that awareness and acceptance, and with the remarkable engagement, and it being our 10th anniversary, the time was absolutely right to put more of a focus on, on action, mm -hmm. actions that we can take both as individuals and as institutions in schools, workplaces, and in our communities mm -hmm. to create that kind of positive change that will help ensure that everyone can get the mental health supports they need. Great. It's, and it's a good strategy yes. and it's a great campaign. Um, I'm just curious to, uh, Minister Ellett, you, so you, this is a subject you're very passionate about, which I think yes. that always helps too. But for a while you, you served in the ombudsman role. I wonder yes. what that perspective and, and, and that rule helped um, sort of as you look at the strategy and going forward, um, what kind of role that played in hearing from, from families and patients? Sure. I, well, I think that the time that I spent as patient ombudsman really helped me to focus on the patient as well as their families and caregivers. And everything that I look at from health in terms of the services that are provided and the policies that we make, are, uh, I try to view it through that lens. Is this something that is going to benefit patients? Is this something that they really need? Or where are the gaps? Where are patients not receiving services? And I know that mental health is a, is a very complex um, situation for people to navigate, especially if you're doing it on your own. You need assistance, and you need to know where you can go to get the help you need, not have to uh, manage through it by yourself. So we are um, certainly cognizant of that with the strategy that we're developing. We want to make it as simple as possible. And we also want to make sure that mental health is uh, uh, treated in the same way as physical health is equally as important there is no health without mental health and that's absolutely true and so as we're developing the local Ontario health teams we want to make sure that mental health is built in to the work that they do so that people can come and have all of their questions answered with respect to their mental health needs as well as their physical health needs great I'm gonna ask you a tough stigma question if I can put you on the spot a little bit. So we talk a lot, um, mental 
illness or mental health. Um, stigma, it's, it's not consistent. It's different than other uh, conditions. So if you have cancer, um, if someone's at stage four cancer, there's, you're more sympathetic and you're probably bringing casseroles over and wondering how they're doing. Mental health, even though we've, we've come a long way, the more complex the mental illness is, the less compassion we see in mental health. So if someone has anxiety or, or you know, somebody, you may be more comfortable, but now if someone has schizophrenia and may have, or dementia and have really aggressive behaviors, there's, there's less stigma. How do, we, how do we change the needle to, to ensure that everyone, we see mental illness as one across the board as far as compassion based on, based mm -hmm. on the diagnosis or, or the condition. Mm -hmm. Do you think we'll ever get to that, that point? I absolutely think we will. And a, an essential building block and foundation of that is see, seeing and thinking about mental health and physical health as of equal importance. And we know from a report that the Mental Health Commission of Canada uh, released last week that that is in fact the case, that the majority of Canadians, eight out of 10, believe that mental health and physical health are equally important. And so I think the more we think about mental health and physical health as, as, as the same, only different, um, the, the closer we will get to being a society where we provide the same kind of kindness, support, compassion to those who are experienced experiencing cancer, let's say, for example, or who have lost a loved one to cancer, and we will apply that same kindness and compassion which Canadians are known for right. uh, to those with mental illness, no matter what kind. And is part of getting there sort of tearing down the stigma? I mean, you know, I, I joked for a while, my, my wife used to work for acute care hospital, and I used to jo joke with her a little bit that um, people see you here because they have, they have actually connection. They were born there, they know that. And if, if you look at um, a place like Ontario Shores, like a psychiatric hospital, your first introduction is probably a horror movie or a video game into that. And trying mm -hmm. to tear, tear down that and make it more normalized that um, mental health treatment and mental illnesses, do you think it's removing those barriers so it just becomes a norm for people, the family members and that, that it's not, you know, it, it's... I guess knowledge is based on fact, not fiction. Do you mm -hmm. think? Normalizing mental illness as an illness, like any other, is really important. And emphasizing that recovery is possible and, and seeing from people with lived experience mm. that that is, in fact, the case, whether it is famous people like Clara Hughes or, you know, in, our, in the campaign for the last couple of years, our awareness campaign focused on everyday Canadians from all walks of life uh, who have had experienced or were living with mental health issues of the entire gamut and how they were moving forward to achieve full, happy and productive lives. That included people with schizophrenia, with bipolar disorder, with a full range, addiction issues, full range, and including people who were members of the RCMP, doctors, mm -hmm. um, uh, firefighters, uh, taxi drivers, farmers. Right. So, so normalizing it, and the, 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 I think that one of the powers uh, of the Bell Let's Talk campaign is that we are able to really put a human face mm -hmm. on mental health and mental illness. 
and take out some of that fear and stigma that we have, which has been based on long-held misconceptions um, and perceptions of what people with mental illness are like. And, and, and Minister, do you think that even having corporate people or CEOs, when they come forward, it kind of sends a message to the people? I, I remember in, in, in the writing, uh, Tim McTiernan had talked about his own struggles with, with mental illness, the, yes. with uh, an, uh, UIT, the chancellor. Um, does that open the door for other people to come forward when they see the chief of police or a CEO come forward that maybe it's okay for me, I won't lose that promotion if I talk about my struggle? Yes, I think that is really important when people come forward with their own personal um, histories. That helps. And just as, as Mary says, just taking away some of that fear and, and that there's been a lot of fear about mental health, uh, something that people just did not speak about for years and years and years. And so there was all this um, anxiety about what did it really mean. And so it's really important for people that have had personal experiences to come forward and just for all of us to communicate about it. And that's what I think is so wonderful about Bell Let's Talk because it gives people that opportunity to share their stories, to talk about what it's meant to them and their family. And that will allow people to feel more comfortable discussing it and reaching out to someone else who has a need. So that's what this is all about, is in communicating that this is almost like um, a chronic disease like others. If you look at it like diabetes, for example, requires attention on a regular basis. Um, mental health does as well, because it's, it's something that people will work on, often throughout their lives, but it's, it's, it's no different than any other chronic disease. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and sometimes it's tough for sharing. Did you find it at the time sharing your personal stories? Was, were you concerned about how people would react or did you have anxiety about putting that out in the public domain at all in the beginning? No, I was more worried about how hard it would be for me to talk about it. Right. Um, I, I, I didn't feel that uh, talking about my family's experience with mental illness would have a negative impact on me, but it was very hard to do. Yeah, I mean, even at our hospital, we've had patients share their story, and at first they're, they're afraid of the reaction, but often they find it very fulfilling that, that they're surprised by the outpouring of support once they've done that and find it a yes. very cathartic experience to, to share that, but there is, a, there is that anxiety and fear of coming forward, um, but... but it does, they don't realize how many people just sharing that, you don't even know it'll help down the road just reading your story and understanding what you're going through. Um, so I just want to ask Minister, sort of going forward now with the Center of Excellence, we're looking forward to, to that. Yes. Is there one thing that, there's probably multiple, but is there one thing that stands out that you've heard from families that you really need to fix? Is it, is it standardization or is it, I just want to know where to go and I want someone to walk me through the continuum of care so I don't you know, if my child turns 19, I don't get kicked out of this. Like, what is the one, there was one thing yes. that, st that stands out for you is we, we need to really address this. Well, I think the anxiety about where to go and how to seek out help, and it seems very sort of anecdotal. Somebody tells somebody else, rather than having a centralized location that you can call this number or you can check, go onto this website and they will tell you how to walk through 
what your concerns or your issues are and where you can find help. And um, children's mental health, of course, is obviously a concern because that is something that if you aren't able to help that young person immediately, you'll see the reverberations of that throughout their life. So you want to get help for them as soon as possible. That's great. Well, thanks very much for joining us today. I mean, I feel so good. You're in charge of Minister of Health and and I know you're passionate about this and I am so excited that you're leading uh, the province towards uh, an advanced mental health and addiction system. And Mary, congratulations, the Order of Canada well-deserved and thank you for all you do to support uh, mental health and reducing stigma and action in the province. So thank you for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure and I can't wait to the next five years to see what brings for the, for the province of Ontario. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you.